Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we are talking about the 1995 Richard Donner-directed, or Richard Donner, <laughs> Slice the Bone, Antonio Banderas starring Assassins. This was written by the Wachowskis and a gentleman named Brian Helgeland. Uh, the, the, the Wachowskis actually said that their script was totally rewritten by Helgeland and that they tried to remove their names from this film but failed. So that's how we're starting this out. So in this, Sly is an assassin who's looking to retire, kind of. He still likes getting the money. Uh, Antonio is this noob that loves Sly. Um, Antonio's Bane, and Bane steals one of, I forget Sly's name. Um, oh, Wrath. Robert Wrath. Yeah, he steals, he steals Wrath's mark. And then blah, 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 movie. <laughs> With me, as always, is the uh, the cream on my hemorrhoids, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? Well, it's every day's a holiday when you're making my hemorrhoids feel smooth. <laughs> okay, also with me is one of our favorite guests of all time, C-130, the Herskillies. How's it going, Brian? Hey, great. So does that make me Steve Martin's penis cream? Then, if he's your <laughs> I'm there to make your penis nice and smooth and soft. So smooth. Well, for the ghost, I'm actually dual purpose because he also uses it for lipstick. That's true. That's true. My lips so often get those look beautiful like... Paul Stanley pursed lips. You know? <laughs> My lips often look like Renee Zegwickers when I'm not using a little Lee on them. Uh, okay, so to be honest, um, I don't remember suggesting we do assassins. Uh, I said rather we do assassin movies, but Herskelis insisted, uh, yeah, we're doing that. And I'm like, wait, it was supposed to be this. But anyway, here we are with this turd. Uh, I admit I had been drinking and I have had no pain in my ass ass ends. But Brian, what the hell were you thinking? You know, I, I this is this kind of it's like a bunker pick. You know, my whole deal with my show is to go back and look at movies I bought and that I used to love and remember, but right. maybe haven't watched in a long time. This so is. I think maybe that's why that that's how this one got on the radar originally. Um, we had a lot of other assassin movies we were talking about, but yeah, we'd been doing some drinking and some podcasting, and I'm pretty sure we landed on this. And you, I, I remember you being pretty excited. So I don't, I don't like all this added blame that's now being placed <laughs> on me. I mean. The pedigree of this movie, you said it yourself, Richard Donner directed, written by the Wachowskis, and they say there is fucking Wachowski shit all over this movie. There's a whole speech that Julianne Moore gives where she's like, I'm a ghost, I have no name, you know, (laughs) I just... Anything that was digital, it's mine. Like, she is totally a character from the fucking Matrix. Oh, like, they unplugged totally. her the week after Neo. <laughs> oh, you got it so right. When she, that, when she delivered those lines, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? You're right. That's a part that they didn't cut out. <laughs> That's, I think Assassins exists in the Matrix universe because I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Electra, which, oh, awesome, by her the way, Electra. her name, her hacker name was Electra. That's another Wachowski thing. She had a hacker name that sounded like an AOL login line. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. All right. Let's just flip over to Lee really quickly. And uh, I want to hear, Lee, your uh, initial feels. Oh, well, first, let's uh, thank our sponsor for this episode, Rohypnol. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Uh, when traditional dating methods fail, Rohypnol. <laughs> um, okay, with that out of the way, I thought this was the least funny uh, Zoolander movie I've ever seen. Uh, what happened is, is I was, I was, I was ready for this. I, I love '90s movies. I love the way they look. They 
sound. I love the way they shoot the movies. Even if it's a bad 90s action movie, it's just better than an action movie today. I'm sorry. And I, I love 90s action. I'm getting ready for it. I got my bourbon in my... I'm not... I'm not I, I've had a great day. I got my bourbon in my hand. I'm on the couch, ready to go. And, like, I have never had this happen to me in my whole life. I was not tired before I started watching that movie. And I almost dozed off. And, like, I like mental masturbation. I like lectures on uh, underwriting reforms for housing. And at the same time, like, I literally, like, was in, like, some sort of, like, uh, entertainment to purgatory where I was almost, I was, I was, like, miserable. And I couldn't, like, I I was having a hard time staying awake for it. And I was really excited because I love uh, Sly Stallone. I love Antonio Banderas. I think Julianne Moore is pretty underrated. So was pretty hot. Yeah, I, I was... I was just shocked. I I, I was really okay. excited. Okay, okay. I want to ask you something, but I'm gonna. I want Hershkelis to answer first. Um, like, do you see? So this is Richard Donner, and you don't know who that is, Lee. But he did Superman, and he did Lethal Weapon. Um, the Goonies. He did The Omen, which you would appreciate. He did, yeah, did The Goonies. Do you see like crossover stuff there? Like, do you? I want to ask Hershkelis first. Like, do you feel like this fits in that universe? Like, do I feel like this feels like a Richard Donner yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, exactly what it. That's exactly what it. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of like, it, like especially Lethal Weapon. You know, I feel like there's an element there. Like, I think he really gets into the scenes. The best scenes in the movie are anytime Antonio Banderas is talking and actually like interacting with Sly Stallone. It doesn't have anything to do with Sly Stallone, because I know what Lee's saying about the Zoolander. There's a lot of stoic looks from Sly in this one. Oh, he's, he's got the glasses. Much. He's got the glasses. He's just staring. <laughs> yeah, is this the only... Is this in Tango and Cash, are those the only glasses roles for him? Does he ever... Did he do that in any other ones? Oh, let me just tell you. My favorite scene, just based on what you're talking about right now, this is not my favorite scene. My favorite scene of the Sly, just being Sly, is when he gets into the cab after all the drama, and he's just a regular guy, just sitting in the back of the cab. I'm like, what? <laughs> Anyway, go on. No, uh, no, but... Uh, other classes roles? Maybe the specialist. But I don't think I, like, as much as I, there's, like, some Richard Donner classics that I kind of love, I don't feel like he has a particular style. <laughs> His movies are just very straightforward. They feel like they just kind of take place yeah. in the real world. Like an old school, like... Like right, all his movies kind of feel like they take place in like the late seventies or early eighties. No mm. matter when, even The Omen, which is like what in the late sixties. Like, yeah. Um, I so, think The Omen was yeah. late seventies, but yeah, you know what? Is it, it, exactly. I, but Lady Hawk, The Goonies, he did all these iconic things. Lethal Weapon, which I actually loved. With Lethal Weapon, I haven't seen it since the eighties, but I remember like. Hey, quite- I was going to ask you. I haven't rewatched recently. Is Lethal Weapon two the best Lethal Weapon movie? Uh, yeah, I think that's the one where um, uh, Danny Glover gets stuck on the toilet with the bomb. But the first one is the one with Gary Busey, right? No. No? no. That's no. the second one also? Yeah, yeah. There was no Gary Busey in the first one. It was like, uh, the, the bad guy was like some, actually, I'm sure lots of people are going to be like, fuck. No, it was. I just pulled it up. Gary Busey as Jack Joshua. He was the so bad guy? So he's in the first one. Okay, all right. Was he the bad guy? He's like the henchman of the bad guy. He's like the main henchman. Fuck. And then the bad guy, the real bad guy, is always revealed at the end. Okay, and that's this guy named Anyway, what are we talking about? What movie are we doing? Oh, we were just kind of going. I just, I wanted to ask you about the whole Richard Donner thing because he's done such a varied catalog. And and this one, this one for me, rewatching it now, um, it was just like he was allowed to do whatever the hell he wanted. He's on Coke 
and he's eating donuts every day, and he's just like, so what do you want to do? He's like, I want Sylvester Stallone and this new guy that's Mexican. I want them well, shooting at each other. I would say to me it felt a lot like he was just making the kind of movie that was coming out around that time. Like, you know, this feels very much like a late career Sly movie. Like, this is like a year or two after The Specialist. Okay. It feels like The Specialist, you it know? It does. It is The Specialist, um, but with – now we got Antonio Banderas, who was the highlight you know, the of same this. cat, the same cat in this movie is the cat from The Specialist? It is not. Absolutely, that's 100%. That's a fact. Which we should know that cat's name. <laughs> so that cat saw Sharon Stone's boobies, probably. Heck, totally. <clears throat> probably you can get to rub on them, like the way the cats kind of use their side and go, oh, just kind of rub. Like bump into them. Bump kind of them yeah. Picture that. Got it? In your minds, Everybody everyone? <laughs> and scene. Okay, Lee, your turn. So Richard Donner, now you know he did uh, The Omen, which I know you love your Satanist films. I fucking um, love The Omen. That's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> Omen, Amityville Horror, some of my favorite like, horror movies. I'm going to look at the Richard Donner list, and I'm going to find the ones that Lee liked. He definitely liked The Omen. Um, he probably liked Lethal Weapon, actually. Uh, like, yeah. I'm not a su- as much as I'm a comic book movie guy now, I never was into the Superman movies, so like I'm, I don't care for the, like, the, yeah, the, the Christopher Superman. Superman. Um, Lee, but I love Goonies, because that's like my childhood. Lee that, probably that, liked um, Any Given Sunday. And yeah, love that. Oliver yeah. Stone. Yeah. yeah, what are you talking about? Give oh, uh, what did he do? He produced it. Sorry, I got to get oh, out okay. of that column. <laughs> get on track. Get on track. Man. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Conspiracy Theory. That's a Lee movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Mel Gibson. Yeah, he directed. Or, did he do Ransom also? Uh, I don't see it here. Uh, maybe I don't know. I might be thinking. About but Stephen. When he listens, wrong. is going to be I so know. excited to know that Richard Donner. Of course, he already knew this. He's, he was probably screaming at the fucking, uh, you know, phone. Scrooged. He directed and produced mm-hmm. it. What well, he, he did, Scrooge. That's right. Yeah. I just watched, and obviously, that's like my favorite uh, holiday Bill. Oh, uh, yes. my favorite Christmas movie, but also one of my favorite Bill Murray. Yeah, movies, exactly. Sure. I mean, so okay, so this same guy came up with assassins lee give us your give us your thoughts on richard donner and his association well also he didn't write this one he's just a director on this so you know i mean guns are high the wachowski thing kind of gives you a little bit of enlightenment because in the first act electra quote unquote (laughs) kind of feels like wrong like a weird kind like she kind of gets the shut-in part down and like the creepy kind of like tech surveillance Mm. thing down but and like not being a real but person. But it's Sandra Bullock in the in the net. But uh, let me finish. Sorry, if I may. I, if apologize. I may. apologize. Okay. I'm, I'm all so, I'm all I'm all her skills ramped up. Yeah, I'm, he's I, am like, now, he's like, I, I am pushing pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the only thing is, is that uh, it it's like it's just like in um, conspiracy theory, I would say, where um, really kind of lets it go. Um, like she, like she starts off strong, Julia Roberts does, and then she kind of fades into black and it's kind of the same thing with, uh, with, uh, Julia Moore. Like she starts, like the character is kind of eh, but she starts off strong. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, she could have just been in a coma or not been in the movie at all. And this would have been a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot to do. And then they have that weird thing where like he, he wanted, he tells her that, Wrath tells her that he was like ready to die, that he was fine with getting taken out the same way he took out his old partner, Nikolai, and he was like fine with that until he met her. I was like, what the fuck's so special about her in one day? She's like a weird shut in techie. Like, there ain't nothing, like, you haven't shown me any connection between you guys that make me think all of a sudden I want to live now. I got it. I I watched this and I was paying a special attention to that because it made no sense. 
There's a part where he's in the hotel room with her and he actually locks eyes with her and he like kind of zooms in on her eyes and they're the same cat eyes that he's been obsessing about the whole time. It was at that moment he became so enamored with her that he would do anything for her. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's hot, but just saying. I think peak, I think peak Julianne Moore's Boogie Nights and we're a couple years away from that. Dude, so. dude we are like... He stopped being an assassin, and he's picking up her cat off the road and taking her car and finding the pet shop. Like he, he yeah, but that was so... just a hunter down. I like the way that him and Antonio Banderas both found their way to her apartment before she could even get home. Oh, no, they both I... found separate ways to deduce where she lived and got back to her place before a bus could get her there. <laughs> okay, so I do think that that's beautiful, too. But I do say um, there was like a, a, a fatal attraction thing going on. Like he went from right there about to shoot her while like you know kind of playing this game with his friend to now he needs to save her and it really was like yeah he was just that into her it happens no here's here's my counter okay is that adrenaline makes you want to fuck to expel like the cortisol and stuff that's bad for you oh but it doesn't mean that you want to wife somebody because he's just gonna bang no, her he one wanted time to wife her and then be like, "What are you still doing here?" Or maybe here? it was like a like a cat when they put their like uh, prickled penis in and they can't get it back out. He wanted. We'll to also be... remember too that there's a lot of money involved too. Like yeah. she's a bank, she's a job. He just, I mean, spoilers. But by the end of the movie, his main source of income is not available oh, anymore. There are no spoilers. And, not, and she just came in at twenty mil. Out of the you know, out of just... the blue, he's just given her half the money. He's like, yeah, yeah. And she just... sounds like a terrible – she was going to sell this crazy government information that people were willing to kill like tens of twenties of people for for like 40 grand. Do you realize like, her role – her role should have been Kathy Bates. That's the cat lady that steals yes. this stuff off the interwebs. Yes. And sells it. Yeah, this movie's just Misery part due. It would have been. She would have been like, oh. he didn't get the cocky duty disc. Now, we need to talk a little bit about some of the cool assassin shit that's in this movie. Hey, listen, it's time. Like, Go for it. I fucking love Robert Rath's hand in the cast where he has oh, the little piece of tape over my, the end of it. Oh, it's my he least favorite Taking scene. off the little piece of tape and putting it on and shit. I love that. Also, um, <sighs> I like him getting his assignments over the computer. I remember that was like the first time I'd ever seen that. Sure. And then that's like a big part of the Hitman games. If you ever played the Hitman video games, you always have your handler who contacts you over, the, over your laptop. Also, it's 1995, but he can use his laptop on, like, a train or in a car. Oh, but dude, the, kid, but the kids were amazed. The kids were like, what is that he has on his lap? All right, I'm going to talk about the cast. He had Wi-Fi, cast, apparently, I guess. The cast is really important to me. It's, like, where this all starts. <laughs> so the, the for our listeners, uh, if you haven't seen this, and don't, you know, whatever. If you get to the end of this and you want to, go right ahead. But so Sly You will. Is, By the time we're done here, you will. <laughs> Sly is ready to assassinate a guy at a funeral and he decides to put his gun into a cast and put it on his arm and he pokes a cute little hole in the front of it and he covers it up it's like the kind of cast that you've never actually seen where there's no (laughs) fingers it's like a full just around a big round like half circle around hand yeah so so he's he's already and then then this this guy it, it was actually really cool antonio he comes down he's dressed as like this like um Maintenance man, or something. maintenance yeah. man of the, the cemetery comes down. and He goes ahead and, and he has like a uh, like a, a sighted a sighted handgun, and he goes ahead and kills the dude and steals the kill from Sly. Well, Sly, he'd already like pulled his little bandage off, and it showed his little like 
you know, fingering hole for his cast. Like he turns around, he's like, I want to fucking stop this guy. This assassin, somehow, he fires like eight times, and he manages to hit like all the outside edges of a statue and not hit Bane. Well, he's shooting from the waist. He, he doesn't actually have the ability well, to sight in. Well, how the fuck was he going to kill the guy? He was just about to, like, he had enough confidence in himself that he was about to smoke this guy yeah. from, like, across the grave. Exactly. You know, Thank there's you. at least, like, 10 Thank feet. 20, yeah, 20 but feet. 10, 10 yeah. feet versus, like, that. there was some considerable distance. And Yeah, I guess he's just laying down some cover fire at that point. But. Yeah, because he did get everybody else to go after him. And Antonio Banderas is also like on the high ground. It's some distance. Uh, I, I mean, and he's got like a high-powered assault rifle because he made his shot from a way like a like quite a distance. Uh, so I mean, but I the, for me that was that I I just was like really like I couldn't believe it. Like when I saw him take the tape off, I was like, man, I love the tape off. This is and that this little is, hole. Like he, yeah, like, I love it. The, the tape exposing that little hole is the best. Oh, so it's like, the best. This, this may be like it's funny because it's like that might be the worst attempt at an assassination ever. And then you have Antonio Banderas who's like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a high ground and I'm going to have a sighted in little rifle and it's going to be silenced and I'm just going to cap you and run away. And I'm like, yeah. Like a fucking, like a boss. Yeah. I was just cracking up. Like, he does I sum could... it up that he is better than Sly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing, too. You know, it's late in Rath's career. He's just, like, he's just trying shit out at this yeah. point. <laughs> right. He's like, I've always wanted to do the cast. The cast. He's like, if it doesn't go, and it, you, we learn later they didn't care if he dies. He's like, eh, if I get caught and I get shot, whatever. What the fuck? <laughs> that's actually brilliant. Like, he probably, so the... like, we didn't get to see it, but, like, one week earlier... He killed somebody by, like, shooting him through, like, a, a Mountain Dew bottle. Like, oh, makeshift silencer. Fuck you. I win. Trying out. He did, the like, cast- the Iceman. He's killing with a crossbow and shit. He's just right. trying out different yeah. shit. Yeah. The cast is, like, a cry for help. Like, <laughs> it's just really just, like, a pre-suicide note. Like, listen, I, I have nothing to live for. Fuck it. Totally. Okay, so I don't I want... want to ruin favorite scenes, so let's jump to them. Brian, this is your movie. Give us your favorite scene. You get to steal them from us. Oh, hands down. And this one was so easy. I, th- I knew it going in, and then I watched it. it the the cab scene yeah. where he, Sly, like, he, he's got this cool little idea. He's going to – he steals a cab. He's going to wait around till he hears for a fare that he knows for some reason is Antonio. Just because, like, a guy on this corner wants to go to the airport. Well, that must be him. So he goes and picks him up, and he gets him. And they drive around for a little bit, and they have this little, you know, their little banter. But then the whole the, – just the way the whole scene unfolds, I love when they're stopped and uh, Antonio shoots the soccer ball. He's threatening. He's got his gun pointed at the kids. Yeah. He's, you know, Rat's not going to drive, and he's threatening to shoot the the little kids. He's like, "Oh, number thirteen looks tired." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I love that. And so their whole and I think that's my favorite element of this movie is their whole cat and mouse. Like anytime they're together and they're interacting, I love it. I think it's really great. Um, so maybe Antonio that's why I was I'm... at the height of his game. So he could like deliver any line and it was good. Right. Antonio's on the way up. This is like the yeah. same year as Desperado, no which is the first thing I ever really saw him in. I know he'd been in Philadelphia a couple of years, ago, but I was a fucking teenager. No, I'd, I'd, I'd only, I, at, that, I at this two, point, two guns dive across yeah. a bar and murder people. <laughs> No, Desperado, I wanted to bring that up. Yes, I, I don't know if you've seen that, Lee, but it is fucking amazing. It is... Uh, that made my... I think that's like... We did a top ten action movie DVD, Munker. Yeah. And I think that was like my number one. What I, I love about love. it, that opening sequence with... See, it has Steve Buscemi, of all people. 
And the setup is he's in this like shitty, shitty Mexican bar where he's drinking beer out of a dirty glass. And he's describing, because he's buddies with this guy and he's trying to set up this like fear, but he's describing this situation with the biggest Mexican of all time comes in and just starts murdering the fuck out of people. And as he's describing it, as do Buscemi of all people with his voice is describing this, it's showing these like shadowy, tall, you know, Antonio Banderas coming into a bar. It's just fucking brilliant. I mean, that's Robert Rodriguez and it, it makes sense that he height of his powers. Yeah. Height of his, height of his powers. But yeah, I think that's but that cab scene is not only my favorite scene and all the stuff that goes into like you learn about uh you know what like a fanboy Antonio Banderas <laughs> is of wrath and how he like models himself after him he has the same gun as him and I think that's like with all the shit going on with Star Wars and stuff I like to th- I was thinking about all the like the fan culture now and I was like this guy is a fanboy he's a Robert Wrath fanboy and he's mad when he meets his hero and he doesn't live up to his expectations and like that's such a topical thing right now <laughs> Yeah, totally. But their whole, but like I said, like from that scene and then their whole interaction, anytime they are on scene and not shooting at each other and actually having a conversation, they're a little back and forth, they're cat and mouse. Uh, and I was, yeah. I don't know if we're going to get back around, but my we, other favorite scene is the We will, we will. This is his favorite that. scene, yeah. So okay, Lee, all right. Lee, go, for it. go for it. <laughs> okay, so I was like struggling, man. Like at one point, Ghost was like, how far are you? I was like, I don't, like time is no, I have like no sense of time. Um, I'm not, I like, I, I, I like stop drinking, you know? And at one point I stopped it. <laughs> You're just, so sad for you. Okay. I just and gave up. I just gave I just, up on life. I was, it was like my central nervous system was just like shutting down naturally. And, um, at some point, like, I'm like, I'm struggling. I'm just struggling. And then there's a scene where Julianne Moore has just somehow managed to get out of the floor and she's like underneath this mattress and I'm like barely paying attention, and Antonio Banderas comes back to grab his rifle, and he's got to jump up to this spot to grab it. And uh, he almost steps on her head. And for a brief moment, for a brief moment, my eyes got wide. I got, I felt alive. I felt like, I felt like that moment when you come out from underneath the water, and it's that first deep gasp of air when you feel like you may have dived down a little too far. And I was like, I thought, and then I thought. That, you know, sadly, I was actually really excited because at the prospect of him stepping on her head with that big old boot. And then I thought, but how awesome would this movie have been if he had stepped on her head on accident and like fell? And that was like his downfall. And then I went back to my coma. Okay, it is my turn. And I think you guys will agree with me completely. The best part about this movie, it is the ultimate thing. It is uh, Miguel Bain. And the way he... It's what I love about an assassin in any assassin movie. If you're going to be an assassin, you don't care. It's his, like, unrestrained murder of everybody. So I'm I'm, I'm taking one scene. I'm taking them all. Like, 100%. Yeah, yes. Yeah. He doesn't care, and I love it. I love it. It made me, like... That's that's where I'm like, uh, I, just, I just got hard. That's fine. Yeah, just like... Like, he goes in to get his mark, and anybody who even comes close to getting his way is oh, catching a bullet. <laughs> Brian, when he's in the hallway, bam, bam, the people kissing and the other person, yeah. and then he looks, uh, 
Interpol. Interpol. <laughs> right? like, he's hey. just such a dick. He doesn't care. He drags him all out. Next one. We, Wait, I love it when he... Well, I'm not well, he murders this is like my, four cops this when is he my, escapes, when he first escapes. Yeah, this yeah. is my favorite He murders scene. like four cops instantly. Uh, uh, look at you with your Blue Lives Matter. But I was going more for the bad guys <laughs> in the room with the stupid Tonka truck. <laughs> like, he just went in, boom, 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 boom. And then a couple of them were still wiggling. He's like, all right, <laughs> I like how, I like yeah. how the Dutch just bring their own guns like through security. Like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're no, fine. totally. Don't worry about. And, but I and to, to go back you, in time, I'm sorry. I got finishing my favorite scene. You said it, Brian. Him killing all the cops. He didn't care. He's like the only person. I, I guess even when I first saw this, I didn't realize how dark my own brain was. But if you're an assassin, you got to be willing to kill everybody. Well, the different there, there's a moral there uh, between Sliced Alone and uh, his counterpart is yeah, that slice a bit with, with no with with, with wisdom <laughs> and, and power comes like you develop a meekness when you realize that you can that you can that you can really end everything you know unless you fucking I that disagree kind of with you Trump. I disagree with you like if, if if actually if Stallone would have been stronger he actually multiple times had the upper hand. On Bane, he could have just shot him, and it would have been over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he, he, you know what the thing is, is that like it, he already knows he's he has the power. See, that's the, the whole. The weakness point. comes in him just being weak. He you just have... worship power. You just worship power. That's what that means. I don't. I, mean... I don't. I feel like I like absolutes. If you're gonna be a fucking murderer of people, murder people. Well, then why doesn't he just walk around and just start throwing grenades everywhere he goes? Well, Boom. you got to measure it so you don't get caught. Yeah. You I guess. Run. You but, can't get caught if there's no witnesses. But he should have just went ahead and shot Sly right before he shot the guy at the grave, and this wouldn't have been uh, a movie. That, you know, that, that would have been no fun. No, he was showing off, though, there. Yeah, he was. He wanted Wrath yeah. to take notice of him. Yeah. He's a little boy. He wants daddy's attention. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. 100%. <laughs> I wanted to ask you because, like, my favorite, probably one of my favorites that's not going to get, like, a lot of hype is when she first comes home and she's spying on the neighbors. And I was like, if there was, like, one single dude in that whole apartment complex that she's spying on, he's literally masturbating on the couch right now. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. I thought that, too. And I was, I was kind of like, I didn't really understand why she had her whole building under surveillance because they didn't make it clear is she just kind of is she paranoid is she just a techie and she just like is like a voyeur and she's like lonely and shit um and i was thinking about how creepy that fucking scene would be if it was just a guy it's just a totally different vibe if that's a dude you know what i mean like it's kind of cute and quirky when it's her because she can kind of like sit there and be like oh no i don't want that those guys to break up and be cute about it that's a dude Totally different scenario. That's your fucking William Baldwin and uh, what is it, Sliver? Sliver. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. If you've ever lived in an apartment at some point in your life, you've had neighbors that you would like to watch fuck. Come on, everybody has. Every time, every time I masturbate, I know my neighbors are watching. He was watching them. They'd be a fucking creep, like I am. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The double standard is is there, but I mean, we all do it. I mean, you know, I mean, who, the internet is for porn people. I hate to break it to you. Right. Everything and else just results. So I can keep jerking it for free, guys. I can't go yeah. back. Yeah. What, I got to scrounge up some old girls on wild DVDs? I don't even think I have any hard copies of porn anymore. Can you I believe, can't reuse it. I can can't you believe at one it. point, guys, sorry, pause. Can you believe at one point in, this, in our lives, people would pay for porn? <laughs> ridiculous I, I you know that. what i yeah. just drove up i you know i had about Wait, a two did you hour just drive. do a harry potter spell on me i did i heard ridiculous 
I, I did about a two-hour drive the other day, and going up the freeway, man, truckers are keeping the business alive because I saw an adult mart, and it was clearly a newly remodeled, like, outside, had new signs and shit, had, like, like a, like a fancy-designed building and whatnot. So, hey, somebody, truckers, road truckers who don't have good Wi-Fi, apparently, are keeping that shit going. Definitely Blu-ray built into the cab. So they can do whatever the fuck. They our want. our local uh, we have one called the Second Amendment that's been around for forever in an old part of town that's still going. Mm-hmm. People are still jerking it and paying for it. All right, well, guys, um, a few leftovers for me. The '90s electronics in this. Uh, Herskilles brought it up. I love it. Um, uh, Miguel is a serious murderer. Is that put down? Yeah, I, I think I wrote. Uh, Bane is a straight up psycho. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> badass. I, I got something I want to point out real quick. Please. So, um, there is, like, if you go to any bank and you say you want, like, a million dollars cash. Right now. They, we all know they, this already. They, they operate on, like, a, if in theory, on a tenth of what they're supposed to, but they really don't. Most of the big ones are operating at, like, 33 to 1 leverage. And I was just, I was just like, tickled pink. When they were like, "Yeah, well, we got you sixteen million. Don't worry about it. We'll have it at yeah. the end of the day." Yeah, the shitty bank yeah. in nowhere's it, land. Yeah, we can. Yeah, just give us like absolutely. 10 minutes. Just <laughs> no, no. He was there all day though. That's the whole thing. He like drew it out. You know, right. he's got Miguel sweating it out across the street. And that's what I was gonna say. Oh, that was good. My favorite scene that was is the scene where Miguel comes into the bank. Uh, you know what I mean? He's like. He's like, he's going to get nervous. He's going to think he missed me. He's going to have to see me for himself. You know, and he just knows all the little beats. I just love that. And yeah, so, uh, perfect. Can we, can we give a shout out to the shitty Ford Escort in the beginning of the movie? Yes, my, my dad had that car. How many of us, and had no one of a certain age not was touched by that car in a non-pedophilic way as a child? Leroy Brown. When I saw that car, when I saw that car, I like shed a small tear from my childhood. And for you kids who are like 10 now and shouldn't be listening to this, basically, um, there was a time, like now Ford is like one of the best car makers in the world, let alone in the country. But there was a time when you knew when you bought a Ford, that was a piece of shit that wasn't going to last five years without something major going on. Or repair daily. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Found on road dead. Exactly. My My grandfather bought that car for my dad. (laughs) <laughs> and my dad somehow um, ruined it within like two to three years. Oh, yeah. Trannies on that thing were fucking And I remember done. talking to my dad. I said, what happened? Because there was a time. This is so funny that you bring this up. Because there was a time when it was brand new. I looked at it and I thought, this will always look awesome. There's like no <laughs> way in the future this car could look shitty. And of course, like just two years later, it's just like, oh, fuck. Look at that. Anyway, my dad's like, <laughs> he's passed away now. Rest in Aww. peace, Gerald. Uh, you don't have to worry about offending him. No, I won't you can say, well, talk shit. He said, I him. took my foot and I shoved it in the guts of that fucking car. <laughs> and then that car was gone. I was like, all right. Well, there you go. It was dark times for cars in America. Yeah. 1984. Oh, man. But look at the cars now. I mean, well, good. that's another podcast. But, man, we are in the golden age now. As we America. are. You could buy a piece of shit at this point. I saw just yesterday the number one most reliable car in America is that shitty Scion boxy thing. Really? Yeah, the most reliable thing car. They look so fucking stupid. I hate oh, well, totally. that. <laughs> and, they, and they've discontinued them. It is Did the most really? reliable car of 2017. I mean, you look at like the Cadillac CTS V, and that car had like 
uh, really enviable Nuremberg times. And you look at the Ford Mustang, uh, the GT, or if you want to go the Shelby model that they only made like 500 oh, of. Of course. They compared hey, we've the, all uh, seen, um, you know, that Echo's Cage movie. They compared the drivetrain on that car to the drivetrain of a Lamborghini, and it came in lighter. Like, it's amazing. And then the Dodge Charger, the, the, uh, the Hellcat, and the new one, the Demon. And, you know, you Lee, look at the Camaro Lee, would you and the Corvette the, ZR1. Lee, would you please speak to the Lampadati? The Lampadati? Oh, yes, the Osiris. Uh, no, if the Lampadati, whatever. It's a, a Roshkovsky's car. It's so sweet. Oh, the Costco. Oh, is that the, the Corvette? Costco? Sorry, that's what's the Lampadetti? Lampadetti? I don't know. Whatever. Don't know. The Costco. The is my car. Uh, yeah. That is your car. That's a great car. Yeah, thanks. Oh. All right, it's time for our top six challenge. Woo! You guys ready? Or do you guys more to uh, say? Hold on, let me... No, all I want to say is that one of my remarks that I told Ghost in a text was that I would rather share used needles with the homeless than watch this movie again. You don't have you can't think of any redeeming value of this movie. I didn't see any tits and ass and the only thing I really liked was that like I thought like the whole he killed his partner thing was like just a way in that he's like, you know, got emotional baggage, but no, there was a payoff at the end and it was that that was still alive. The twist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, was, I liked a... the the final uh battle scene just to throw it out there before we end. Um I like the dilapidated building and oh yeah i liked all the shootouts like the only one i did the only thing i didn't like about the one shootout was at the apartment when they had the shitty explosion effect oh i expected lee to bring that up that was like i was like come on like you're just a couple years out from demolition man give me a real explosion okay (laughs) you know what else i took that 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 scene where he fell down that building and i played it back and i played the chorus from wrecking ball and then I liked it. I was like, yeah, because it's right. slow mo. But let me like, throw out to our listeners. Here's what happens. Uh, Antonio Banderas is sneaking through an apartment thinking he's going to find Sly. Uh, he looks right past a gas stove, and the gas is fucking aiming at his face like he's getting a yeah. mouthful <laughs> of gas. It doesn't matter, though, because Sly is in a bathroom. He lights something on fire. It goes under the door and goes towards... Uh, Antonio Banderas. The cord couldn't be any more conspicuous. That's no, the no. Funny so it's part. all good. So the fire's coming towards him. He somehow, like, in between the fire's coming Fixed towards to him. the table. Yeah, he's like, all I right. I love that move. I'm going to grab the table. But here's the weirdest part. Like, somehow Sly uses, like, Star Trek transporter technology, and he gets himself out into the hallway with Electra. Our yeah, does he, does he like bust cat. through the wall or something? What's he do? How's he I don't know out? how he got there. He's in a bathroom. But then next thing you know, he's holding her head down, protecting her from the fire that's attacking her hair. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> that reminds me of that movie that we watched, Stone Cold, where that motherfucker falls out of the helicopter and it's like 100 feet onto like a marble fucking floor. I was yeah. like, come on, guys. Don't yeah. don't waste my time. Don't <laughs> Don't piss in my butthole like this. Top six challenge. Are you guys ready? Okay, so I've done this top six different than I've done any top six ever. I have a question for each of you. And my Brian questions are really hard, and my Lee questions are really soft. I know you won't like that, but they're all about time travel movies, and I just don't think you're up there. I, I know Brian is. Yeah. They're all about time travel movies. I'm sorry, uh, assassin movies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a th- that would throw me off. <laughs> oh, that would have been the best. 
Why am I thinking of time travel? Did I just do another podcast? Time travel. We're talking about time travel. Oh, yes. Top six that you got Steven on. You got him like he had one out of five. I was like, welcome to the league club, bro. Yeah. Poor bastard. Hey, Steven. Plenty of booze and cigars here. Hey, Steven, go learn about some fucking time travel movies. Hey, do you know even read Steven? Because I don't. (laughs) Hey, Steven. (laughs) Lee told me offline uh, that he knew most of the answers. No, I knew the lake house and I I knew one other one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Brian, of course, you've seen The Lake House. No, I haven't seen The Lake no? House. No, oh, don't watch <laughs> Okay, well, all right. Well, then maybe I've overestimated you on this whole to- uh, on this you, whole. Uh, you might. You always. You guys. You guys think very highly of me. It's <laughs> true. All right, so we're going to start here with Brian. Brian, you get the first question, and what this is is guest movie by plot. I'm going to give you a one liner about the movie, and you have to tell me what movie it is. And okay. it should be pretty right. easy. So the first one is, it's a 1998 assassin movie that has Marky Mark in it. I think I know the answer. The big hit. That is damn That's correct. Right up. Christina Applegate, my girlfriend. And uh, uh, Bokeem Woodbine. Lou Diamond, Lou, Diamond yes. Lou Diamond Phillips. That was a great movie. Okay, so Lee, this one I consider really easy for somebody like Brian, but I don't know if it's going to be easy for you. Good. I like the fact that I'm in the Special Olympics. Yeah, you are. This is the Special Olympics of Lee. An assassin goes to his high school reunion. Give it to me. An assassin goes to his high school reunion? Mm-hmm. So then the plot is something Watch like... Watch this. Confirm. Brian, you know the movie? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, assassin goes to his high school. I am... Goes for his high school reunion. I'm going to say Zach and Mary make a porno. No. It was okay. a movie called Gross Point Blank. Oh, John Cusack. Yep. And Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. No, no wonder I forgot about it. It has a fucking Canadian in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is great for producing comedians and fucking professional wrestlers. All right, Brian, this one's hard, uh, but I'm hoping you'll get this. If you get this, you might become my favorite guy ever. Ooh. Yeah, it's not going to happen. All right. There's this uh, assassin movie that has it features an Italian female assassin. And there's this big sequence in the middle of this. And this is what make it so, made it so titillating. It was about 1994. But she poured his head plays as she strips down to get in a big claw tooth tub or something. And, and eventually she kills everybody. Mm. I'm very aroused. Yeah, it's really. Is it Lefem Nikita? It's a movie called Killing Time with a woman named Kendrick Torgan. It's so. And Lefem Nikita was another one that was on our list to do uh, when I asked you guys to doing this movie instead. I purposely (laughs) didn't pull up anything that I've talked to you about. All right, Lee, this one Brian's going to know like quick, like. And I don't know about you. Uh, It's a hit. It's Hitman, two Hitmen waiting in Belgium. Brian, you got it? I'm not sure. I do. I'm really? not sure if I do. Two hitmen, they're in a town. They're in a town in Belgium. And wacky shit happens. Oh, you know, I do know what it is. Now okay. that you say that, yeah, never okay. mind. Okay. All right. I, I think I do. Um, is it... Uh, <gasps> Come on. Is it... Um, it's a Belgian town in the title. Divide by three... <laughs> I'm going to say... You better not be Googling. Don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, that's pretty good. 
All right, give it to us, Brian. In Bruges. Woo! All right. So, you see Bruges? how I measured things? Oh, okay. I have Bruges. it perfect. I have it perfect. All right. So, last When you one. guys were doing the French thing earlier, I was like, you got peanut butter stuck on your mouth, man. <laughs> Top of your mouth. All right. Just like so, Talladega Nights. We've got one to zero. Okay. So, it's our last two questions. Um, what do I have for the last year? Oh, wait. I, I called this segment Guess the Right One. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is fun. It's our last two questions. Um, I'm going to give you like the most basic of plots, and you have to guess the one that's in my mind. Both of you. I already have them written here, so I'm not going to change them. So one of them's a real plot, and one of them's something you made up? No, no, it's because there are so many like duplicates of the same plot. So if you come up with a plot that I came up with originally when I heard it, yeah, okay, hey, let's just do this. All right, Brian, come up with a movie. It's the movie that's in my mind, and it has a girl assassin. Um, she's is, part of an elite group of assassins. This is easy, yeah. She's double-crossed, thought dead, comes back for revenge. Maybe wears a yellow tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe should have been one movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was so brave of you, but no, it wasn't that one. It was oh, the, what? It was La Femme Nikita. No, oh! now you're, you're serious. Oh! Turn. No, it was Bridget Fonda's Point of No Return. It should have been. But yeah, no, all right. All right, Lee, you may fail as well. And actually, it's one to zero. So if you get this one. And mm-hmm. I may have made it too easy for you. I don't think I did, though, because, Brian, bear with me. Lee is not. Okay, let's just throw it out there. Mexican assassin. Give it to us, Lee. Mexican assassin. Um, Mexican assassin. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, he's really Mexican? Yeah. Or he's just Mexican? No, real Mexican. Okay, so that rules out me- the Mexican with uh, Mel Gibson. Oh. I'm going to say Johnny Trujillo in something. I like your way of thinking, but Brian, do you want to give it a shot? Well, uh, I was thinking Machete. That's pretty good. Because he's actually the assassin. Can we go to the original Mexican assassin movie of Robert Burby, Robert Robert El Mariachi. El Mariachi! All right, anyway. So that makes you the winner, Brian, as always. Ooh. Enjoy. It was actually a hard battle. And, uh, you both no, actually, it was, absolutely. You guys did Put me awesomely. to the test, as always. Yeah, you guys did awesomely. And Lee, really, I mean, all, your answers were... Uh, but yeah, El Mariachi was the final answer. You you, you blinded me with, with Mexican. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like Mexican assassin. I thought you'd think for... It's the only, like, original Mexican assassin movie I could... I've never even heard of it, let alone oh. seen it. Oh, it's really good. It's, it's kind of, those... of like the Evil Dead 2, Desperado's Evil Dead 2. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. like, Desperado was the one I expected you to answer. Not other stuff. But, the, obviously, Desperado was a remake of El Mariachi. And El Mariachi... It was made it's for like, like ten thousand dollars. Half sequel, half remake, kind of. Yeah, yeah, just like Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two. Yeah. All right, whatever, okay. guys. It was a fun top six. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, you know, 
thanks for doing this one with me, guys. I hope you'll still have me back. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not sure. You know, you know, oh, I and just I used up talk. all my goodwill. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> our buddy, uh, our buddy Tommy Dolan, he's a buddy of mine. He was like, C-130 is my favorite fucking thing that happens on Cinema Bushido. And I'm like, well, we got to make that happen more often then. So as much hey, as, you know, I'm not doing I'm dragging my feet on bringing Bunker back, so, you know, I got time. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? You need to fucking fix that because, you know, every Saturday... No, no, you've got episodes that you haven't even watched yet. And, uh, you know what? And I won't watch them because I won't. Because I need something new when I need it now. Topical. Okay, I'm Still not new back. to you. <laughs> no, no. I want what I want, and I want it now. Because sometimes I get up still drunk in the morning, and I make this girl... Every drunk. Saturday... That MCU tournament episode is up. It, it, we've re- filmed it between Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor. So Thor Ragnarok, the only movie that's not covered in that one. Yeah. That's but, pretty up to date. But yeah, pretty I mean, damn get, up to date. All right. The Captain Guys, America stuff. Is a can different. I interrupt for a second to let yeah. um, Skillies talk about DVD Bunker? I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> the Bunker and the DVD Bunk, like Bunk Her. Think about I'm bunking, bunking off. I'm bunking off, sir. I'm going to bunk a rotten up. Bunker. I'm just going to bunk around a bit, sir. I'm bunk around a bit, sir. It's time to talk about the DVD bunker. Steven, if you ever hear this, I apologize. I don't know what happened. Hey, Steven. You know we do British better than you. Hello, <laughs> sir. It's time to talk about the DVD bunker. Let's get it going. I was going to say, I think my Australian accent is much stronger than my do English it. accent. You know, you just got you go like talk a little bit like this, and you just can't let it roll around oh, a little bit as you go. Terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, all right. Here's mine. Here's mine. I'm going to talk about DVD bunker. This is my DVD bunker. Michael Caine. Now I'm just here. This is my DVD bunker. I got you guys beat. Oh my various gods! That DVD bunker is 1,000 degrees on the thermometer. Yes, very good. Oh, yeah, I got my. It's like. That guy's the reason. Oh, hello, hello, everyone. Shut it down. I rather be the deep. I rather be the deep bunker. Win. You were going to cut all that out. Now it's all staying in. Yeah. I have. Yeah, exactly. Wait, we're back to you, Lee. Give us another one. Come on, DVD bunker. Um, let's see. Can I do another accent? Do like a southern one or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. I can't do so. Do what now? Oh yeah, that's right. I love that DVD, Mark. I tell you what, dango, dango, boy. <laughs> or, or wait, let's take it up north. And be like, oh yeah, I really enjoy that DVD bunker. Eh? <laughs> I just love me to get a get a nice hankering for a DVD bunker <laughs> episode. I just really. Perfect finals. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, Lee. And until next time. Bye, guys.